Welcome to Bestech, the public procurement podcast. Today I'm chatting to Marta Antoff about some very exciting news. Hey Marta. Go. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm actually, yeah, I'm, I'm actually very excited about um, the announcement that we have uh, that we have for everyone today. I need to say I'm a little bit scared at the same time. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. Let's 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 hope that this is a good decision. <laughs> well, actually, we don't. I suppose being academics at home, there's not really a lot of options for work at the moment. So perhaps this uh, this whole endeavor that we're about to embark on is is not not bad timing, given the whole Corona crisis that's happening in the background. But um, maybe you could like stop the the tension and and just share with the world. Uh, for those who are interested and if anyone's listening, um, what we're planning on doing over the next couple of months and perhaps years. Yeah, so you mean the three people that actually will tune in and find us interesting. Exactly. Well, let's just say maybe my, my, my wife, maybe your partner will tune in. Well, we, we yeah. have no idea, but like, yeah. let's just see where this takes us. Yeah, so um, yes, yeah, so to just get the suspense over. Um, we decided that we will uh, try to work on a podcast together. And build on the great, great success of the Dutch version that will have more working. You're on. sounding a bit sarcastic when you say this, even though, particularly because you've never been able to listen to any of my episodes <laughs> because they've all been on Dutch. I mean, um, yeah. So, so the thing is, is maybe we can provide a bit of background to to how this all came about. Um, shortly said last year in January, I thought, let's start a podcast um, on public procurement in the Dutch context about law, about practice. Um, let's discuss research. Let's get that out there. Um, that was actually a lot of fun. So I've really enjoyed recording those, those episodes with authors in the, in the field of research and to get that across to, to a broader audience, but also to discuss the research itself. And, um, but there was one thing that I always noticed is, is there was like a great limitation to that is that was, um, the fact that it was in Dutch and that kind of limited, um, two things, perhaps international perspectives. So, um, how has this been go, how does public procurement land in the other member states, uh, but also to reach a broader audience, um, in the rest of Europe. So, so that was something that I struggled with. And then all of a sudden you sent me an email, I think. Two months ago, so before this whole crisis happened, so perhaps we had a bit, a bit of a visionary thought there. Um, and, and yeah, you, you kind of reached out to me. Um, and that was how it all started, I think. Yeah, I think, I think that um, the, the idea specifically of, of doing the podcast came about about the way that, that you describe it. I think that uh, we sort of, for about a year right now, if, if, if I remember correctly, have been thinking about working on something together. We tend to have a good laugh about procurement, whatever we talk about it. Um, or at least we think we're funny. Or at least we think that we're funny. I don't know the, the world it. thinks that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, so we just figure out, let's, let's try to give it a go. And, and, and we also have um, some similar interest in context of research and um, the topics that potentially can be, can be relevant. And yeah, so this sort of, Figure, we, we figure out that this can be actually kind of cool option to have this type of conversations that we normally would have individually or with a group of, of, of colleagues and friends, you know, sort of after conference dinners or different events with a glass of wine and you have a bit of a chat and, 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 and it's sort of 
little less censored. And by censor, I mean you may be a little bit blunt with some of your opinions um, and, have, and, and have a bit of fun with it. And I think this is sort of where we came around this idea of trying to do a podcast, but also doing it a little bit different way. Um, we for sure will do some sort of interviews with other people the same way that you, that, uh, you did it before. But I think it's also about having a little bit different scope of, of just the two of us chatting about some of the topics. So mixture a couple of different things, right? Yeah, totally. And, I, and this is why I'm also very excited about this whole this plan that we came up with. Is So traditionally, for the outside world, so people that aren't academics, they might not have a full grasp of this. Um, academic conferences are very useful to discuss research, to present your own research, to get feedback. Uh, but there's also other factors that are at play. So there's uh, perhaps hierarchy that plays plays a role. So, so say PhD candidates might not be... F- might not feel fully free to say what they feel like, or even though their opinion might have value, but they, they would struggle to say that against a, a full professor that has been around for 50 years. Uh, 50 years would actually be a long time, but that's a, <laughs> uh, that's a whole different story. Um, but also, like you say, it's the unfilteredness. It doesn't mean that it has to be silly or stupid, but it's really about feeling free enough and, and, and trust to trust each other that you can actually have this free conversation, this free exchange of, of thought. And of course, a glass of wine helps. Now, I don't know if we'll be having a glass of wine during these episodes. Uh, we maybe maybe when it's sort of after midday, having yes, in mind yeah. that we record today before midday, maybe not yet, but, but yeah, that's the idea, right? That's totally, that's a, actually a good idea. And people listening won't actually know, but let's just assume that we're not having a glass of wine during these, um, during these podcast episodes. Um, but that's why I think it's it, it's so exciting because those chats that we've had about public procurement, about way, the way it functions, does it work, doesn't it work? I think that's those are the things that I actually remember and that are very useful for my research and that I hope are also re- useful for, for practitioners or for judges or for uh, advocates for public procurement in the field. Um, uh, um, and that's why I think it's interesting to, to perhaps chat with you for, for the, the next couple of months and talk about these things that we would normally do in a more of a conference setting. Um, now, before we start talking about this, this, the, the structure that we had in mind, um, maybe we could just introduce ourselves a little bit more to, to the audience and I'll give you the floor first, uh, Marta. Oh, sure. Sure. Thanks. Um, so my name is Mara Anhof. I'm Associate Professor in Procurement Law at the University of Copenhagen. Um, at the Faculty Law, we are uh, structured in centers. Um, I'm with Center for Private Governance. So the center in itself works with different aspects of private governance, and one of the sort of pillars of that uh, center is looking at private actors as implementators, and that's where procurement law fits in very nicely. So in other words, you look at some of this public uh, interest or public functions that are outsourced uh, to private actors and what are all different sort of consequences of of this equation. Um, I've been in Denmark for 10 years right now with breaks for all different research states in different places. Um, but yeah, I'm based and I did my PhD here. I would say my main areas of focus over the years have been complex contracts and mixed contracts. I started with uh, public-private partnerships research. Then I moved um, to framework agreements that are extensively used in Denmark and in Scandinavian contexts. And the things that around the time that we've met, 
and what we kind of, I guess, also bond a little bit over uh, have been uh, sustainable public procurement for the for the uh, last uh, last years. I work quite closely with uh, several of the different research institutions um, around Europe and the U.S. Last year, I just came back from New York for half a year. I was there with Pace University. Um, Roberto Caranta in Italy has been, you know, one of the very close collaborators of the, of the last years. Um, so, yeah, so I hope that we can bring all these interesting people at some point, of course, to our conversations and talk about these this different research issues and also the current developments as, as, we, as, as we go. So I think that's pretty much it on my side. Willem? <laughs> I feel like this is my cue. Um, so I'm an, an assistant professor uh, working at Utrecht University since 2012. Um, I work at the Utrecht Center for Public Procurement, um, which is an interdisciplinary center in which uh, basically uh, legal scholars and uh, uh, scholars from public purchasing, business administration and economics kind of come together because we think that ultimately we can find better answers for society, uh, particularly in the in the public procurement context, if we at least are humble enough to accept that our own discipline can't uh, offer the, the the only solution, or perhaps uh, that we need to team up together. So that's it's been a, the center's been around since 2013. Um, in terms of my own own research, I've always been fascinated with the the role of of EU public procurement law or Dutch public procurement law and how it functions and and if it it, it constructs or or it um, how should I say it? If it is actually hindering best value for money, or if it is enabling all those type of um, uh, perhaps public policy goals to be to be included, like you mentioned, sustainability or other aspects. Um, my particular research focus has been on uh, societally responsible insourcing and outsourcing. So, like you said, researchers tend to like go with the flow. There's like a river of research, and then you start with something, you pick up other things. So, in my PhD, I researched uh, mostly insourcing, so public public cooperation, in house, all those exemptions that we have in the directives. But along the way, I kind of merged more towards like uh, secondary or horizontal objectives, um, like sustainability, and that's. Like you said, that's where we, we kind of uh, came together. Um, in terms of my research, and this is also that is something that I hope to do in the, in the podcast, uh, which I haven't done in the Dutch episodes, is to involve practitioners, uh, governmental agencies. Um, as much as I love talking to academics, sometimes it's also nice to get a different perspective on, on, on the matter. And I think that's something that you've also done in your, uh, your research. I think that I would just add to that because that I think should be a great, you know, ambition also for the podcast and for us. I think what you bring in, which is phenomenal, is also, you know, a fair bit of experience with this multidisciplinary research. And I think as you correctly pointed out, we, we need to also bring some other people. We, we tend to be a very locked down within legal profession quite often and, and, and think that uh, we have the answers. Uh, but when well, we, we do, to we t- are very important. <laughs> ah. But then when we actually start to talk to practitioners, right, we, we, we being cursed quite a bit um, for, for the, for the harsh, harshness sometimes of the, of the rules and so on and so forth. So I think this is also great. And, and I think also what um, I think we've both been doing, which is worth highlighting, um, is that we, we talk. We talk to the buyers, we talk to the lawyers, we talk to the 
people that actually do that in practice. And, and, and uh, we, we discussed it several times that we aim to do a research and work that somehow can be helpful or somehow can answer some of those questions that maybe in day-to-day life you as a practitioner don't have just time to actually dig in and find the answers because they are much more elaborative or they are somewhere within the legal theories um, and you kind of have three hours to write something, um, some sort of memo as a lawyer uh, or something of that kind. So, so hopefully we can do that, that it's not the type of research and we won't be discussing the type of research that just, you know, we sort of sit in our ivory towers, do something and put into our desk. Even though that's very comfortable. I, I like, <laughs> I like sometimes sitting in my ivory tower because I think the, the, the downside to taking in too many perspectives is also that you sometimes feel like you can't come to a conclusion. Um, but then again, I, th- I think that whole struggle and the openness that I also appreciate in our conversations, it's, it's willing to be vulnerable um, and accepting that I think the, that it's okay to feel stupid, right? So I, I read an article a while ago, basically where people said, uh, I think it was a professor from Michigan actually, but I'd have to check it. And basically he said, being part of academia is the continuous art of feeling stupid. So you continuously feel stupid, you gain all these perspectives, and at a certain point you think, okay, this is worth uh, everyone's while to publish or to get out there. And I think this podcast can be a great catalyst to get those perspectives in, in the process of doing research. And then perhaps we might actually also, other than fun conversations, uh, we might get something out of it in terms of, uh, in terms of research. For sure. And, you know, and, and there's something also to be said that it is a bit scary. And that's sort of why we started this conversation today, because... We are not yet at the sort of, you know, end of our career in that sense. Uh, we're not yet full professors and we Even don't have... Even though I'd have... like to retire, actually. Retiring <laughs> would be great. But, um... but we're not there yet, which automatically also it's a bit scary to open yourself up to open criticism and, and so on and so forth for the things that we will be discussing. But I think that I, I see a huge value in what you pointed out, the sort of vulnerability of saying, we're just trying, you know, to help out and we're trying to find some good answers and, 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 and we try to do our best. So I think, what, I think what we're saying is please be kind to us. Right? <laughs> hopefully. 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 Yeah. 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 But then, um, Willem, how about you guide us a little bit more about two things? Um, I, I think that it will be appropriate for you to introduce us a little bit more to uh, why the name of the podcast that we're both on right now is what it is. A very what good it question, means. actually. Um, so, with, we're, um, so the, the, like I said, this started as a Dutch podcast and now I, I'm super happy to, to have you on board as a co, co-podcast host. But um, we kind of thought it would be fun to keep the Bistec name. Um, so it's Bistec, the public procurement podcast. And basically, Bistec is a Dutch word, which has a double meaning. Um, and it might also explain why some people think that we've opened up a restaurant um, <laughs> because of the cutlery that's on the logo. Now, Bistec means cutlery um, in Dutch. Um, and, but it has a double meaning. It also refers to the demands and wishes of a contracting authority, which they write down in the public procurement document. So the head bestek as the, as we refer to it. Um, so we're going to stick to a bestek because it's relevant for, I think all contracting authorities across, uh, across Europe, even though they might not refer to the name. Um, but I think one of the things that I, I'm, I, uh, I think is very important before we actually start this whole endeavor, this is my, this is me putting my foot down here is that you managed to pronounce Bistec 
correctly. Yeah, correctly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's the standard. Yeah. Bestek. Okay, go once more. Bestek. Jeez. But I thought this was going to be way harder. Um, <laughs> there you go. I was if, practicing. You, I was pra- if, ah, so you have been listening to my previous episodes, but then oh, of course. two seconds. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, um, but I think that our, you know, we, we, you need to start with a great ambition, right? So I think that part about it is also let's aim, you know, for Bestech to be for procurement, what Google is for search engines, right? Just yes. at some point, Bestech will be this verb that we all use when we want to find out something on procurement, right? You'll yes. bestack it. That's we'll bestack just, it. This yeah. is excellent. We'll bestack <laughs> it. This, oh, this is opening so many horizons for, for, for a very simple Dutch word. I think the Danish word is also bestiek, right? It's with yeah. The, yes. Ah, yeah, yeah that, 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 that's the case. Yeah. So I also checked it up. Um, so um, so that, that can be fun, I think, in a, in a broader sense. So let's bestack it. Um, yeah. I think also, but uh, I think what's, what's even better is because people think we open up a restaurant, we might as well also take this opportunity to sometimes play with that a little bit. So we could have some appetizers, we could have some mains, we could have some desserts. You know, let's try to mix it up a bit in the, in the structure of the, of the podcast. Um, because I think that also very much suits, like I feel like I'm going full circle now it kind of suits the, um, the, the idea that we had that we're talking about conversations after conferences uh, in a very informal way. We're having some food and we're having some wine. Um, uh, so let's, let's, let's play with that, I think. Um, I think what's... Um, uh, my question would then be, if in the ideal setting, if we're recording a podcast, what type of food would you have and what wine would go with it? Well, that's a good question. I do think I do think that we sort of run with this idea of whining and dining and talking procurement, uh, which I think is great. And 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 we sort of experience ourselves. That's where the really cool conversations are happening. I, for whatever reason, and that's maybe because you know over the years we actually met several times also in in, in Italy, where University of Torino hosts us. And I need to say, University of Torino, when they host us, they host us well. So for me, to sort of this idea of, you know, a really good Italian food with a brilliant Italian wine. It's, it's really something. Or maybe it's also this idea that, you know, Italian culture also has this welcomeness and sort of dining together a lot of people and, and, and you don't sort of raise your hand, but people will talk over each other. And, and, and that's in my mind also when I kind of remember the best conversations about procurement, that will be the case. When people almost, you know, in a jokingly very friendly way, sort of not argue, but sort of talk over each other. And it's super informal. Uh, the sort of hierarchy that you mentioned earlier on is somewhere lost um, it's, it's just, people are just all interested in topic and you just share your experiences and you learn, you hugely learn from the judges, from the lawyers, from the professors, from the practitioners that does not have any legal background, but they have been doing this for 20 years. Um, and they can tell you, but you know, you think that this rule is great, but in practice, it just really doesn't work. And I think that this sort of, as we're following out and we're rounding it back to, to the concept of this podcast and, and ha- us having this sort of meal with our listeners and then a glass of wine of, of, of chatting and hopefully continuing this chat in, 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 in comments in some sort of written form later on, it, it, it would be phenomenal. So, so yeah. I, I was actually hoping you would, um, you would say, I'm going to go for Dutch cuisine, 
want some stodgy <laughs> potatoes. I'd like a beer instead of a wine. Uh, but I'm, I, I suppose you would wonder like where the Dutch stinginess comes in and who's going to pay the bill, but let's not go there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I totally. I would add, I'm totally down with this. I think it, as long as we can, um, I think Italy should be the starting point for food and wine. Let's also sometimes maybe add a bit of spice. I'm a sucker for Thai food, a good pad thai or tom yum soup or ramen's been my latest craze, Japanese mm. ramen. So as long as we can add those in every now and then, I think we've got a nice combination also between perhaps different perspectives, different food cultures. Well, absolutely. And, you know, another thing that we sort of... Uh share or love to is this idea of new world old world when it comes to wine right we have both soft spot for australia yep. so, so so you know um i think that when we travel with our topics we also travel with our food palettes and with other wine palettes so i'm i'm totally up for it oh then that's metaphors galore in this first episode it's great <laughs> so we've got a bit of food we've got a cutlery in the logo um, and I'm also looking at the at the time. I think we should should round up this trailer. I, let's just say I'm super excited to start this this series with you. Um, I think if we can manage to have informal chats like we have at the at conferences with a bit of wine and dinner, I think that would be at least something that I would find interesting. I think that would be great. And I think that our listeners, if you think that we've been all over and what actually the concept is, to sum it up. Um, the, our ambition would be in this, in single episodes, to have one topic that will be of an analysis and a discussion, and that's our main course, right? That's what we will focus on. And then we need to have some dessert, or we need to have some appetizer, depending what what the subject matter of the main course is. And we might talk about some things connected with our lives as academics, PhDs, educating students, challenges of that, or we can talk about some current developments in a little bit more lighthearted way. So, so you'll get that from us, hopefully, in, in upcoming months, if you tune in. Um, I have absolutely nothing to add to that other than just to finish off with the classic finish. This was Bistec, the Public Procurement Podcast. Mm-hmm.